This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my. Biden and the people around him that are actually calling the shots are showing us with each passing day what they're all about, aren't they? This is the very radical left administration that we were worried about. And now it's just a question of how much damage can they do? How much can we stop them before they do irreparable damage to not just the economy, but to America as we know it? The fundamental transformation promised by Obama is now in its third term with the Biden administration. And Joe Biden is up for the challenge of just being an empty suit, being a puppet that has other people directing him uh, to do things all the time. But doesn't it also feel like the federal government is printing money 24-7? I mean, we made light of President Biden being the $6 trillion man this past week, but behind that is a real set of problems. Did you know that about 20% of all U.S. dollars were created in 2020? That's a staggering statistic. What do you think the effect of all those newly printed dollars will be? Inflation, maybe, right? It certainly is not going to lead to the dollar becoming more valuable. In the past, people have purchased gold and silver as a hedge against inflation and the currency manipulations of a central bank. That's because gold and silver have increased in value as the purchasing power of the dollar declines. Buying real gold and silver, the kind you can actually hold in your hands, is a lot easier than you think. You can actually have it delivered securely and privately to your home. It's just as easy to put real gold and silver in your IRA or 401k, too. If you're concerned about the value of the dollar continue to decrease, I know I am, and the risk of inflation, call the Oxford Gold Group today at 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the industry leader in precious metals. They offer real gold and silver for the lowest prices, and they have a free precious metals investment guide they can send to you. Call the Oxford Gold Group today at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. They'll answer all your questions and send you their precious metals investment guide. You said it perfectly because what the Biden administration wants to do is completely redesign the United States of America in a way that's contrary to the Constitution. The United States was designed so that each state would be able to have its own design. Texas is the perfect example of why we need to have states be different because Texas ranks number one in pretty much every economic category. Texas has a governor who understands what's going on here. He's got Ron DeSantis envy, but that's a good thing. I I want him trying to be a competitor for DeSantis as the best governor in America right now. I want more red state governors to step up. There's room for it. And Abbott is speaking truth here about how the left wants to fundamentally transform the country. He understands that they are undermining some of the most essential components of our American experience and American freedom. And yet we have also the left saying that all of this, all these efforts to push it back are somehow anti anti racism, right? That the left wing project of convincing the American people to think first and foremost, always about their race And that race has to be an influencing factor in all government decisions, in all socioeconomic everything. Race has to be taken into account and balanced and and uh, judged by the woke. That's the whole point of all this, right? That's what we're told 
is necessary. Well, there are some people who are fighting back. And, and in the state of Texas, in South Lake, which is a suburb, I believe it's northwest of Dallas, pretty well-off suburb, uh, there was a victory in the school board election there that's getting some national attention. Now, usually school board elections are not something that you'd start a nationally syndicated radio show with hundreds and hundreds of stations across the country on, but this matters. Because I think people have woken up to the fact, pardon the expression, that unless we start taking action, we're just going to keep losing. And we're losing things in our society that are precious for all of us, for your children, for your grandchildren. The Marxist left is going for it right now. They are actually on the march and in power, and they are trying to transform the country. And they're doing this through education. They're doing this through economic policy and race as a as a tool of dividing the American people is a central weapon in their arsenal. So they're trying to teach kids that this is the way the country has to be. You'll recall a few weeks ago, there was Paul Rossi, the math teacher at Grace Church, who wrote for the Barry Weiss uh, Substack. Uh, Barry Weiss was the opinion editor of the New York Times, and she was hired specifically to bring in more diverse voices, meaning allow, allow some conservative voices in there. And then she was fed to the wolves. But Rossi, who teaches at a private school in New York that costs over fifty thousand dollars a year, wrote this. Right now, my school is asking me to embrace anti-racism training and uh, pedagogy, a pedagogy that I believe is deeply harmful to them and to any person who seeks to nurture the virtues of curiosity, empathy, and understanding. Anti-racist training sounds righteous, but it is the opposite of truth in advertising. It requires teachers like myself to treat students differently on the basis of race. Furthermore, in order to maintain a united front for our students, teachers at Grace are directed to confine our doubts about this pedagogical framework to conversations with an in-house office of community engagement for whom every significant objection leads to a foregone conclusion. Any doubting students are likewise challenged to reframe their views to conform to this orthodoxy, end quote. I mean, this is what you would have expected in the Soviet Union. This is actually Soviet style of argument where your very doubt is evidence of your deficiency. If you don't agree right away, that proves your deficiency, and therefore you must believe even more. Critical race theory is Marxism around race instead of class, meaning economic status. That's what critical race theory is, and it is being taught in schools. It's being taught to your children. They're, they're coming home, and they're lecturing their parents even about how they don't engage enough with structural white supremacy and, and dismantle it the way that they're supposed to. And this is is madness, but it's very effective. It's brainwashing. Well, this school uh, board in Southlake just had a had a a win of people who are actually opposed to this. Uh, and uh, and no surprise, the media is just doing everything they can to run interference, to show this in a way that the good guys are the people brainwashing your kids with Marxist claptrap. Yeah, 
That's how the media approaches this. The media is disgusting. I mean, the corporate media in this country is overwhelmingly the enemy of the American people, the enemy of the American experiment. They harm. They are harmful. They've been harmful during the entirety of the covid pandemic. They were harmful with their lies about Russia collusion. They're harmful now as they cheer for people to be locked up in solitary confinement for the crime of a a so-called insurrection that in many of these cases were just people who were engaged in trespass during a riot, something the left does on a regular basis. So, yes, the corporate media are, in fact, the enemy of the American people, and we should be honest about that. It's one of the best things Donald Trump said out loud, among many things. Here's how NBC News reports on this election in South Lake, Texas. Um, in bitterly divided election in South Lake, opponents of anti-racism education win big. I mean, bitterly divided. It's 70-30, first of all. So it wasn't a close election. I know this is a school board election, but it wasn't close. And it's only bitterly divided because the left-wing Marxists are a bunch of lunatics. They've been brainwashed, and they want to brainwash everybody else. And the stuff they say is absurd and contradictory, and they have no real answers. But they want to get at the kids when they're young. Remember, at first they took over the universities, and we said, oh, well, people are crazy in college. And then they grow out of it. That was our theory. Wrong. No, that's not how it works. Four years of Marxist indoctrination, whether it's at Harvard or community college, it's, it's all going to end up with the same thing, which is a majority of those students realize that at some level their status in society is tied to these beliefs. If they want to be liked and elevated and get certain kind of jobs and get hired by certain companies. And that's because you've already had now a couple of waves, a couple of generations of the Marxist shock troops coming out of colleges and universities. And now they're in their 30s and 40s and they have power in institutions that have a lot of power in America, like Google and Facebook and Amazon and American Express and Delta Airlines and Nike. The woke Maniacs, we thought, oh, they'll pay taxes and they'll figure it out. No, they moved to blue enclaves, to deep blue cities on the coast predominantly, or just very blue cities throughout America. And they have only like-minded friends and they have like-minded echo chambers of social media and they work at companies that put out these corporate multiculturalism and diversity statements. I mean, it's embarrassing the stuff that's being said by these companies. I mean, I played for you last week that woman from the CIA who's talking about how she doesn't have imposter syndrome anymore and she's a cisgender Latina female diagnosed with like some kind of anxiety disorder or something. But she's she's earned her place. The CIA, I mean, the CIA is, is turning into a job has honestly been for a long time, a jobs program for the overwhelmingly mediocre and lazy. And that's the hardest federal agency to get into by far. CIA is the most selective and it's turned into a joke. Ten percent of that place are the kind of people that you would want working at the CIA, meaning steely eyed, intelligent, hardworking patriots who are all about the mission. It's 10 percent. And then it's probably 20 or 30 percent sloth. And then the rest are left. The rest are woke. Yes, that's what's happened. This is in the intelligence community. 
Don't you see the infiltration all throughout America of people who who hold that the Constitution is essentially a, a, a foolish document written by white racist slaveholders? So it doesn't really have any any moral or ideological pull for them at all. It's not some document of of. Uh, political genius that has created the greatest society in the history of the world. No, no, it's evil. And yes, we, we should have, you know, bans on white male authors in libraries and, and replace it with, you know, uh, LGBTQ female writers of the 17 and 1800s or wh- whatever, right? They're, they're just coming up with all this nonsense all the time. And we thought, because conservatives focus on what they think matters and the day-to-day and what is real, We'll cede all this ground to the other other side. It's fine. Let them have Hollywood. Let them have academia. Well, now they're teaching your eight-year-old that maybe he's a girl. And if you have a problem with that, you're a bigot, and your child is being taught that you are the problem. This is America now. This is happening all over the place. You know, some of you might live in a red enough part of the country where you don't think it really affects you. Go to your state capital. Go to, go to the largest city in your state and tell me what's going on with the school district there. And you could say, oh, but I'm okay where I am, really. Where's population growing the most? I'm not talking about at a state level. I'm talking about urban versus rural. The cities dominate the politics of states, whether it's California, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts. The cities dominate in these places. Increasingly, you're going to see in Texas, if they just get San Antonio and Dallas and Houston blue enough, they think they can flip the state. They're, they're not trying to win, uh, you know, the, the Permian Basin. They're, they're not trying to win West Texas. The Democrats don't care. They're going for the population centers. But we see so much of this, and, we, and I understand the mentality. We just want to live our lives. But unless we start getting active, Unless the right conservatives, reasonable people mobilize, you've seen what the other side is willing to put us through with their absurd lockdowns and mask mandates and the hypocrisy. They don't care. Hypocrisy is not a criticism that stings the left. They enjoy hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means they have the power to force you to do things that they won't do to force you to obey rules that they themselves will break. Hypocrisy is one of the perks. It shows they're un- that, that you're under their boot heel. They have no problem with it. You can cry about hypocrisy all day. They have the power. It's like Pompey Magnus in ancient Rome. Do not quote laws to men with swords. Don't quote hypocrisy to the woke left. They don't give a crap. People are figuring this out now. You want to stop this? You need the power to stop them. We need to identify the problem and take it on. And this is the, the local school board. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not, you know, national level power and all this other stuff. We're always so focused on the presidency. Every community, every town and city and state, there's a fight going on right now for who's calling the shots, who's in charge. You all have a role to play. Spoke to an English teacher from an elite NYC private school. She says colleagues are miserable with the new woke regime. Students are the commissars shouting about harm and trauma in the presence of any book or idea that deviates from the
the leftist orthodoxy and administrators are scared of them. That was from Kay uh, Heimowitz at the Manhattan Institute over the weekend. It's amazing, isn't it? These these elite prep schools who are just a, a funnel or supposed to be to the Ivy League, which are a funnel to the corporate, uh, you know, the corporate boardroom of the biggest companies and law firms and Wall Street investment banks. And they're all putting out statements that read like they were written by Malcolm X. But the people running these schools actually sound like Thurston Howell the third when you meet them. I mean, they're well, we have a fifty thousand dollar a year tuition. And, but they're all, oh, yeah, we're all about social justice and all that stuff. Sure, sure, we are. You know, we're really we're really engaging against the white supremacist rhetoric of, you know, Shakespeare in our literature classes these days, whatever. So and, and we have to take this ideology head on. I think that conservatives did not take it very seriously for a long time. And now the brain virus of CRT has uh, has spread. It has replicated. And critical race theory, which is based upon concepts of white privilege and microaggression, which are based upon constant hypersensitive resentment of even of even the smallest slight that it's not clear at all that it's racial. But you, if you decide that everything, every slight you feel is racial, well, then you create quite a bit of of, of uh, resentment, don't you? And you have to buy into all of this. It's fascinating, isn't it? We have a a country that the left tells us is elevating whiteness and, and white supremacy. But it's curious that Asian Americans have a higher household income than white Americans do. And in fact, Nigerian Americans, there are about a half a million of them in the United States, Nigerian immigrants in the United States have a higher income, substantially higher, about uh, 15 to 20 percent more than the average white American household. So we have a system, they tell us, of white supremacy that is the is the primary reason for disparities in socioeconomic status among all groups in the country. And yet you have a you have a substantial group uh, of immigrants directly from Africa who are outperforming pretty much all groups in this country. It's so interesting, is it? You don't hear much about that, do you? And you know, bless those Nigerians for working hard and doing, a, you know, live, living the American dream. You know, welcome to the American family. I mean, a lot of them have been here for many years, but you get my point. It's uh, it's stunning. You don't have any honesty around this from the left. They don't really care about that, though, just like they don't care about um, hypocrisy, which is why we, we need to stop all. all look, it doesn't mean we can't point it out. It's important to point out the hypocrisy insofar as it's a reminder that our side is right and their side is wrong. So I'm, I'm not because I'm going to point it out. You know, it's important to use it as a tool, for example, with lockdowns and mask mandates. One of the reasons why we know it's bullcrap is that the people who are the strictest about it in the government structure, whether it's Gavin Newsom or Gretchen Whitmer or others, they or their staffs violate it and are not worried about it and expect you to be so worried about it. And it's just nonsense. It's absurd. You see that they don't mean what they say. So it's important for us to remind our own side and anybody who's still open minded, who's not yet on our side of their hypocrisy. But I'm just saying, don't think you will shame the left through 
allegations of hypocrisy into changing their ways. They delight in it. It's kind of like the gaslighting they do. You know, one of their favorite one of their favorite tools, one of their favorite tactics is to say, there's no cancel culture. What are you even talking about? Just to see us all have our heads explode because, I mean, the cancel culture is everywhere. We're all living in some some state of anxiety over it. But you'll you if you do, if you type in on Google right now, there is no cancel culture. You'll see countless think pieces from the left, quote, think pieces about how there's no such thing as cancel culture. It's just accountability culture. Doesn't even exist. And they just want to they just want to stop the free speech of those who are using speech to punish others for speech. I mean, they, they try to dizzy you with illogical and absurd statements, but it works. It works on a lot of people. Now, we're just seeing now the, the pushback against this. And, and here's another example. Governor Ron DeSantis is signing an executive order today suspending all COVID emergency orders. He's also signing a bill to limit localized emergency orders, which are a direct violation of individual liberty. And he's permanently banning vaccine passports altogether for COVID-19. Name a better governor. It is not possible. He is the best governor in America. And Ron DeSantis, I'm just going to say it, folks. He should not be anyone's running mate in 2024. Ron DeSantis should be at the top of the ticket in 2024. I want Trump to, to use the MAGA movement to push for DeSantis. Not one of Trump's kids. I want Ron DeSantis because of the results, because of what he's doing for the people of Florida and also the beacon of freedom and salvation he's creating for the rest of the country. D.C. has banned dancing at weddings, indoor and outdoor. I I want you to just think about that for a second. Yes, everybody is making footloose jokes. And I will tell you that I've I've stayed away from that because I've actually never seen the movie, so I've never seen it. Producer Mark, is it a good movie? Yes, it's a classic. Okay. I've never seen Footloose, but I know it's about a town where there's no dancing allowed. That's now our nation's capital. Washington, D.C., banning, dancing, and standing at weddings, at wedding receptions. Not allowed. 25% capacity or 250 people, they're saying. But standing and dancing at receptions not allowed. I mean, this is just this, the problem with empowering bureaucrats and government officials who are leftists, who are authoritarians, is that they always think that they have a better idea. They always think that they should have more power. They never realize that they're not very smart. They lack the humility to understand that they're making that policy decisions are always a series of trade-offs. And so you only should be making decisions in areas where you have a compelling government interest that is clear and where you've really weighed the consequences. But no, they just want to they just want to constantly hall monitor everything. They are the the unending busybodies. Of American life. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Do this. Do that. Do this. And it's horrifying. You know, and and I'm glad that people others have. you know, I've been on the anti Fauci train for I mean, I've been like the conductor of it for the last year. Choo choo Fauci. You're the worst. I've been telling everybody, you know, here I am Fauci. You know, I, I use big words. 
when I'm talking about numbers on TV because then I, I, you know, think that people maybe will think I'm looking at data instead of thinking, what will my friends at the Washington Post editorial page think about my latest guidance about mitigation efforts? However, you know, I'm not the only one who does this guy. What's his name, Mark? He's on TikTok. Tyler, Tyler something. Tyler Fisher. Some guy named Tyler. I just want to give him credit. Here's his version of what it's like to listen to Dr. Dr. Fauci off of TikTok. Play it. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening, but probably not. I would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future. That guy's brilliant. I got to tell you, I would avoid having any fun. I mean, that is pretty much or, or, or human contact or living your life. You know, there are at least 100 million people in America who have had covid and who are at a, who are at an entirely reasonable risk level. I'm talking about forget about vaccines. 100 million people have had it at least probably more like 150 million. But we all have to live in fear all the time. We all have to, you know, I was forced to obey all the stupid, all the dumbass restrictions on planes in New York City and restaurants and, and grocery stores in my own building and my own lobby. Still got COVID and I lasted a year. So it's not like I was being reckless and just trying to get it right. It took me it took me a year to get it, but I still got it. But the Fauciites have had a faulty uh, a faulty logic all along and it stretches back to two weeks to flatten the curve it was never going to be two weeks to flatten the curve that doesn't make sense for their goal their goal was to stop the virus they said they pretended that we could prevent mass infection of this pandemic across the country that was a fantasy and they didn't weigh out the consequences of what they were going to do to all of us in the meantime. But they got us to comply. The camel's nose in the tent, you know, the beginning, the the thin end of the wedge was two weeks to flatten the curve for hospital capacity. That seemed reasonable. Did we ever did we ever overflow hospital capacity in this country? Never happened. And yet that was the big fear tactic. Remember when they told us that we had to have a million ventilators? That was what was actually said by I think it was Pelosi, Cuomo, a million those things cost forty or fifty thousand dollars a unit. You need a trained staff of ICU nurses, not even just standard nurses. You need ICU trained nurses to run them. And then we found out that putting people on the ventilators too early, which is what they were doing, and not putting them on their stomachs, which they weren't initially doing, led to increased mortality. And that for many people, being put on the ventilators was a, was a death sentence thousands and thousands of people but i understand that was in the early days fog of war challenges didn't know a lot people terrified okay 
now we're been, now we've been in this thing for a year. We've seen where they're right, where they're wrong, and they they don't accept that they were wrong in any of this. I mean, they they have a belief that they've done just a great job. Oh yeah, no, they've been fantastic on this issue. It's absurd, isn't it? But I want you to be prepared while they're doing stupid things like banning dancing at weddings, so you can be indoors. And you can be there for hours at a time, but it's dancing that's the problem. Mayor Bowser got rid of the outdoor mask mandate in D.C. for a day and then switched it back. A town, I think it's Brookline in Massachusetts, which is, you know, it's like a bunch of Hillary and Obama voters all decided to make one town in in Massachusetts. It's a wealthy liberal suburb of Massachusetts. They've decided that even though the the uh, the state no longer has an outdoor mask mandate because of the CDC guides, I hate the term guides. These are CDC rules. They're rules because all these different political tyrants across the country say, oh, the CDC says it. You got to do it. We'll send men with guns. We'll send state police or local police to drag you out of the church because the CDC says so. So let's not pretend that the lab coat tyrants are just sharing advice, just giving us some of their thoughts. No, the CDC's proclamations, because we allowed this, have the force of law, and it's absurd, and it's a nightmare. CDC is full of middling morons. That's right. The people that are making the policy decisions at the CDC, whether it's uh, Walensky or any of the people around her, idiots. Horrible judgment, maybe knowledgeable about some things, horrible judgment and judge and and, uh, knowledge without judgment. It's still very possible to be a dumbass. And I bring you the next phase. You keep thinking. I know a lot of people and not you, but one keeps thinking, you know, oh, we're just going to wait out there crazy. They can't stay crazy forever. The Fauciites will run out of steam with their lunacy and. wrong i bring you what i've been telling you all along forever covid i wrote a post on bucksexton.com which is one of the reasons why i want you to keep checking in on that site because i'm writing for it multiple times a week and i've got a a team that that's posting news stories every day go to bucksexton.com you can also listen to my podcast there uh but i wrote a piece a while ago on get ready you know get ready for forever covid And I got fact checked officially. They banned it on Facebook. They said it was false information. Oh, really? One of the things that I said that they said was false was that wearing a mask outdoors is unreasonable for those at low risk. I should have specified for the vaccinated, but I shouldn't have because it's actually low risk for everybody. And they said that was that was a fact check. Oh, my judgment can now be fact-checked. And now the CDC has admitted that. Remember, they're admitting it now because they have to. It's been true all along. It's been stupid. Wearing two masks or one mask outside has been dumb all along. Not rooted in any realistic, fair-minded interpretation of the numbers. But if you thought this was just going away, I got news for you. It's not. Reaching, this is the New York Times piece, reaching herd immunity is unlikely in the U.S. 
widely circulating coronavirus variants and persistent hesitancy about vaccines will keep the goal out of reach. The virus is here to stay. Um, that's that's all in this in this piece. Uh, but vaccinating the most vulnerable may be enough to restore normalcy. So they don't want to tell you yet for sure that the COVID authoritarians are never actually just going to recede into the background and want to have control of your life. They're not going to tell you that yet, but they're gearing up for this. They're gearing up for it. The virus is unlikely to go away, said Rustam Antia, the evolutionary biologist at University of Emory in Atlanta. But we want to do all we can to check that it's likely to become a mild infection. The, the virus is going to be here forever, folks, is what they're telling you. The virus is going to be here forever. So if if we continue with this unreasonable mentality that the, that the infections have to be basically zero or you still have to keep masking, get ready for it. Even if we get out of some masks going on to the summer, come next winter, they're going to say we got to mask up again. And if you say, why? There's so little COVID. That seems to say, well, what about the flu? Flu plus COVID got a mask up. We've now turned to a, into a masked society. I will not. I'm just going to tell you this. I will not live in a state that allows this madness to continue. I, I will. Whatever state I live in that I, mean, I live in New York now, if they keep doing this, I'm moving. I mean, I want to move as it is, but I'm I'm absolutely fleeing this insanity these people around new york city they are they are nerve-wracked over anxious virtue signaling cnn worshiping lib idiots they're all over the place they'll believe anything that dr fauci says and they're so disdainful of those of us who are saying you should get your life back we should have normalcy back let's go let's do this they're hateful toward those people because to accept that they're right now would be to open up the possibility that they've been right for a long time and what does that mean for all the people that have masks in their facebook profile photo masks as their twitter avatar that's embarrassing you can take a look around journalists there's so many of them with oh i'm wearing a mask in their photo why because it symbols it's a symbol of political allegiance because it's a giant opportunity for virtue signaling. Because you're not a Trumper. Oh, okay. Appalling stupidity. And they're so surly and smug about it all, aren't they? They've been wrong all along. They're just not the maskers, the lockdowners, the Fauciites. Just not nearly as clever as they think they are. Get ready, everybody, for a new weaponized, aggressive, in your face, in every aspect of your life, internal revenue service. <laughs> Boy, that's really bringing people together. That's a real uniting force for the American people because everyone loves the IRS. So let's have them in every aspect right, of so your life to see if they can squeeze another nickel out of your pocket um, for Joe Biden to spend. I'm sorry. That's not what this country is right. all about. And, and so when you look at exactly what's going on here, what's going on is that Joe Biden ran as a moderate uniter and he is now governing as a bernie sanders elizabeth warren way out socialist liberal and so i'm willing to let that take some time for the american people to have it sink in yeah he is that's chris christie and, and he's right on this uh, the 
Biden that we're getting is not the Biden that was offered up in the general election. But we should have known that. Right. We, I knew it. You knew it. But not enough Americans in some places figured this out. They went with Biden because he didn't represent what the Democrats are all about, because he pretended to be a different kind of Democrat. It was all a fraud. It's all one big lie. And now we're living with the consequences of it. And if the media wasn't so deep in the pocket, I mean, you look at the crises that are going on right now, the border crisis, undeniable, the homicide rise crisis across the country, undeniable, the continued assault on our most basic individual freedoms because of the Fauciite lunacy, undeniable. You have all these problems still. And yet the way the media talks about Biden, we're being we're being led to believe, oh, Everyone's so happy with him. Everyone's so optimistic. You know who thinks he's great? Hillary. She's still out there, believe it or not. Play four. But it wasn't until the pandemic that I think a truly working majority of Americans crossing party lines, as we've seen, because of the approval that Republicans and independent uh, voters are giving Biden, suddenly understood in a clear way that you know what, there's lots of times when we need the government and we've been exposed uh, as uh, lacking in the kind of investments and support uh, that we as Americans should be providing each other with the government as our partner. And I'm thrilled that um, you know President Biden is taking advantage of this moment to try to push the agenda as far as possible. Push the agenda as far as possible. She wanted to be your president. She was close. I will always be thankful to Donald Trump for saving us from four years of of that nightmare. But always. But she sees what this is. This year is when they go for it. Next year is when the Democrat left goes back to 2020 and pretends that it's just Good old Grandpa Amtrak Joe. Hey, and I'm just here bringing people together. And the whole bullcrap parade starts all over again. I want 2021 to be the year of the of the big small business comeback. I want small businesses across America to have their best year in recorded you know history and recent memory uh, because they've been through so much with COVID. And it is possible, you know, even with this Biden administration making the decisions that it does, it's possible to you know. Get it going. I mean, you can just bootstrap it and you know, local communities support the small businesses and we'll be good to go. But you got to make smart decisions. And one of them is how you handle your HR, because when running a business, HR issues can kill you. And you've got wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. And Bambi is your solution, because otherwise you're going to be spending $70,000 a year on an HR manager salary. That's the average. Well, Bambi is created specifically for small business to help with all this. You get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business, and they help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month to month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now and schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck. 
Bambi.com slash buck, B-A-M-B-E-E, and set up your free HR audit for your small business. It's an amazing service, so straightforward and easy to use. Could save you tens of thousands of dollars. Well, I'll tell you, it seemed to me to be almost like a, a dis, out of a dystopian novel. Uh, you see him there. Everyone's vaccinated. You have the, the, uh, the VP and the speaker behind, you know, wearing these masks. You hardly have anybody in the chamber. Um, it really just sent, uh, I, I think, a message uh, that America is on its back right now. Uh, it didn't exude strength. And, and I think his uh, pedestrian delivery of it, obviously, you know, he's, he's not the sharpest uh, uh, tool in the toolbox anymore. Uh, I think that was readily apparent. So, so, so I thought it was really sad, to be honest with you. I thought it was sad, too. But he mentioned that was Ron DeSantis, the best governor in America. And he uh, he mentioned dystopia. Here's a story you should know about from the Alaska from the Alaska Watchman uh, newspaper. Paul and Marilyn Hooper, owners of Homer Inn and Spa, Woke with a start at 9 a.m. on April 28th when a dozen armed FBI agents kicked down their front door in an investigation associated with Representative Nancy Pelosi's stolen laptop, which was taken during the January 6th siege of the nation's capital. Speaking April 29th to Kenai-based radio host Bob Bird of the Bird's Eye View, Paul recalled that he was alarmed and shocked to come out of his bedroom with seven guns pointing at him and his wife. It was a little alarming when I turned around the corner, Paul said. The first thing he did was start barking out commands. Ultimately, the couple was handcuffed and interrogated for the better part of three hours before being released. In the end, it was a case of mistaken identity. The Hoopers were in D.C. for the rally with President Trump on January 6th, but they never came close to entering the Capitol And they certainly never took Pelosi's laptop. It appears the FBI were most interested in Marilyn. They had a photo of a woman wearing the same coat as her with a similar hairstyle. The photo was taken from the Capitol building cameras. But beyond the hair and the coat, there is little similarity between Marilyn and the woman photographed inside the Capitol. The entire saga left the Hoopers uh, disoriented, but determined to better understand and defend their personal liberties and those of their friends and neighbors. We sat there for the first hour, not knowing what's going on. They never offered for us to be comfortable. It was harshly done. Paul said the agents ransacked the house and left a huge hole in his front door, which they offered to replace. Paul said he knew he was innocent of whatever they suspected him and his wife of, but it was still pretty confusing. After more than an hour, the agents told him the raid had to do with the January 6th siege of the Capitol. The Hubers were only part of a peaceful protest in D.C. Paul said they never entered the Capitol building and were at least uh, 100 yards away from the entrance. Agents showed Paul a photo of the woman who did enter the Capitol and asked if that was his wife. They had the same coat on, but the face of the woman was quite different from my wife's. My wife is much better looking than that, he said. They, uh, while separated from her husband, Marilyn was told by the agents were at their home. We're here for Nancy Pelosi's laptop. The agents then claimed they had positively identified Marilyn as being in the Capitol building, and they wanted to know who she was working with. Marilyn said she tried to be respectful, but, uh, but couldn't help but laugh. Uh, I couldn't read it fast enough to know what it was. She then asked to see a warrant and was told that she would get to see it later. 
When repeatedly told she was the woman of the photo, Marilyn responded by saying, I'd like to know how I split myself in two locations because I didn't know I had this power. The first photo agent showed her was very fuzzy. Then they showed her a photo of the woman's face. She said, oh, that's obviously not me. Why didn't you show me that photo to start with? The woman in the photo has detached earlobes. Marilyn's are attached. Plus, the woman was wearing a sweater that Marilyn said you, quote, couldn't pay me to wear. Stormtroopers of the FBI, friends, sent to kick in someone's door in Alaska for the crime of being present in D.C. during a major protest that had a portion of it turn into a riot. The FBI sent seven agents, guns drawn to their home in Alaska. This is what tyrant bullcrap looks like. Oh, yeah, Joe Biden. Oh, the insurrection. Oh, they're all crying about the insurrection. They're going to overthrow the government. Bullcrap. It was a stupid riot where people overwhelmingly were guilty of trespass and destruction of property. No one killed any police officers that day. Let's look at the facts. The only person killed was Ashley Babbitt, whose family's now bringing suit against the Capitol Hill police. And here's a prediction. The federal judge, probably an Obama appointee that she'll get in D.C., in the D.C. Circuit Court, will dismiss the complaint immediately, as soon as it comes before him or her. Guaranteed, friends. Guaranteed. This is what tyranny looks like. This is what it feels like. The politically disfavored, with no actual crime committed, but vaguely associated with the possibility of somebody else who did a crime, have... Men with guns kicking in their door at 6 a.m., guns drawn on them for what? The real answer to that question, first of all, these FBI agents should be ashamed, ashamed. Wherever they are across the country, you're a disgrace, agents. I worked for the CIA. I know the mission. You're a disgrace. You should resign instead of doing the dirty work, being the Praetorian guard of this Biden administration. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Oh, but, you know, good benefits and, you know, we get our paycheck and, you know, we lock up people for gun violations and other things, too. You know, sure. It's not worth it. Not worth it to be a part of the Biden Stasi. Find other work. At least join, you know, local law enforcement where you feel like you have some, some buffer against this kind of overt politicization. I mean, the photo didn't even look like this woman at all. They went in and they kicked in her door that you're going to tell me they, oh, because they're so dangerous. They're a part of the insurrection. They're not cartel hit men. They could have called them and said, hi, we're with the FBI. We think you were at the, would you come down and talk to us? They could have then gotten a lawyer and said, sure, showed up and like, that's not me. End of story. Could have taken 10 minutes. Didn't want to do that because they want to send a message. And the message they're sending, you have to understand, they don't care that she's not the person. This is an opportunity to send the message that if you were even present supporting Trump, we might come and kick in your door, too. We'll see what the Biden folks feel like doing. 